Welcome to the Dad Bod Pod. We're back. Season four. Training camp has started. We're recording right before the Hall of Fame game. So that means we don't have to go another weekend without football until after the Super Bowl. How how awesome is that? Hmm. So it's it's been a long off season. A lot has happened. But we've got Sean Greer on the pod. Welcome to the pod, Sean. Glad to be here, man. Glad to be back for season four. It's a it, miracle. Yeah. You know, a lot of people didn't think we'd make it to episode two. And here we are in season four. And still finding things to talk about. It's incredible, man. Yeah. You know, we may be forcing it. We're always forcing it a little bit. But one of the things that we voted on last year was mixing mixing up the draft type. Changing the format. Going from snake draft up to fantasy football 201. Mm-hmm. Dipping our toes mm-hmm. in the auction waters. And I know that you have been a part of many auction drafts, have commissioned other leagues where you use the auction format. So who else is better to come on and dispel some of the mysteries, demystify this process, and mm-hmm. let some of the the league members who have never tried this format in on the beauties of the auction draft, some of the nuances, and, you know, we can talk strategy wherever you want to go with it. Man, well, first of all, it's so great to be back, right? This is a magical time of year. I'm so pumped, and we will make this point again, but we've got to keep the league alive one way or another. This is the... uh the rallying cry, hopefully, for all of us to kind of link arms and start walking into season whatever this is. What I know this is season four of the pod. What season? Yeah, this is, is season this four of the, the pod. Five or six of the league. Yeah, man. We got to keep this thing going. So what a rich history, you know? And um, gosh, to be even chatting about the potential baton pass from commissioner to new commissioner as like tragic as that is um considering all the things that you know are going on in uh travis's life right now the exciting things but also things that are going to perhaps prevent him from participation and in that critical role i mean it's it's just a um it's a real wild time in our league right now and i think it's it's worth fighting for so you know when i was uh provided this opportunity to come and chat about something I'm, I love, not only the league, but this auction format. I mean, I just jumped at it. And by offer, I mean, when I reached out to Jamie via email and said, can I be on a pod? To talk you about took me up format. on the standing invitation to pod <laughs> anytime, any day. <laughs> you show I'm up, so glad. I'll record. Yeah, nothing but gratitude right now, just to even be here. Um, so... This auction thing um, probably feels intimidating to some. It shouldn't um, because ultimately no one holds any advantage. Um, It is uh, trench warfare for an hour and a half, two hours, depending on the timetable set uh, between um, bidding. But, um, you know, what you're you're signing yourself up for is um, a total melee. And you really don't know what strategy you're going to be applying and you have to come I think prepared for just about anything to happen which makes it really eventful because sometimes you prepare over prepare get really excited about something and it doesn't come to fruition so you really have to have that delicate balance of preparation and um, open palmed um, posture and so it's a uh, I'm so excited to see how people respond I'm going to learn about some folks that I I, I have assumptions on how people are going to do in this process but I'm excited to be surprised. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the perennial bottom feeders like Robert and, you know, like Robert um, and Robert, like don't do very good. Um, Just just hitting Robert here. Well, yeah, I'm just talking about the like perennial bottom feeders, you know, like the, like the lowest of the low in the league, the trash of the trash. Um, And Robert would, would, 
yeah, I think Robert probably would struggle the most. It's really like, you know, it does require like just a processing power that he doesn't possess. But I think that um, we can probably be encouraging to him. I, I would say like, reach out to Robert with texts and like, be like, Robert, you can, you can do this. Right. Um, I just feel like he's going to need that to kind of get through it, but everything else, uh, everyone else in the league, I really believe in. And um, I think it's going to be a really entertaining time, but um, I would say this, there's a, a little, a little something that people are going to have to look into on their own. And it's um, a little, little trick um, for folks that have been doing auctions for a while and it's adjusting for inflation, right? Um, so there's going to be all sorts of inflated um, prices that kind of uh, require dollars going out the door for players, um, but also reduce the max amount of dollars in the budget um, for players. And so you really want to be careful because you got to really monitor as the auction goes on just how much people are spending on their players. And so I'd encourage folks to maybe have, you know, a laptop with them with something just to keep tabs on stuff because people can come out hot, you know, I mean, we've seen it in other leagues that we're a part of. Somebody goes and spends half their budget on Christian McCaffrey, right? Well, that's going to like reduce, you know, like the overall dollars, right. That you're expecting to be spent there. And you really do have to adjust those auction values that you come set with. So without getting into kind of like the mathematics behind it, spend two seconds Googling like Reddit auction inflation, type those words in and figure out how to get a good cheat sheet for you. And if you have that, you should be really in good shape. Um, But should we walk just through like the, what it's going to look like step-by-step James, what do you think? Yeah, let's let's start with the process. Um, cool. So just the mechanics of it. What does an auction draft look like? Yep, so I think everybody understands this in theory. You have kind of monopoly money. You're going to get $200. And um, there's going to be a random order set um, for everybody in the league. Um, we're not going to know. Uh, it's not going to be as important as historically the snake draft uh, draft order has been. Um Really, there's not much of an. Ad- there can be an advantage to it, I suppose, but not one that um, feels material to the league. If you you know had the first draft pick or the twelfth, um, you're just throwing anybody out there um, for consideration. And so sometimes uh, people like to just watch the world burn. So they'll pick the players that they know are going to chum the waters the most and throw them out there, and that can be fun, unless it's a player you really want. Um, but most most people attempt to withhold the players that they really want for kind of the mid rounds as soon as there's the lull right um in uh in people's energy levels you know that's that's when you want to kind of throw your your players out there out there that's usually what i've witnessed um but where everyone's going to have an opportunity to to you know pose a player um up on the auction block um and so let's say james is going first sean's going second james is going to have about 30 seconds or so to select a player. I hope it's not 30 seconds. I've been in leagues where it's that long. Hopefully it's like 10 or 15. We can adjust yeah. those settings. You don't need a ton of time be- to figure out who, who you want to put up there. I think yeah. you hit on kind of the the main strategies that you can have there is a lot of times, um, you know, let's say Patrick Mahomes is my favorite player. And in my pre-draft prep, I've kind of, planned my entire team and the rest of my strategy around getting Patrick Mahomes. So maybe I'll go with the player that I want the most just so that I know immediately, do I have this player on my team or not? What price do I have him at? How is that going to impact the rest of my draft? I think the more common strategy in the beginning is to pick players that you expect to go for a lot of money, but you don't want on your team. Um, so maybe, maybe you just know that like you want no part of the Christian McCaffrey business. So I'm nominated first, I'm putting CMC on the block and I am hoping someone spends $110 of their budget and that's their guy. Great. I've got all that money off the table. 
Oh yeah, I mean, but you gotta, you're gonna have to put somebody up there that you're willing to take, right? In case you you bid one dollar on somebody and nobody else jumps in there. I mean, if I have to take it. CMC for a dollar, I'm <laughs> yeah. I'm willing to. Oh man, well if we, yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of people who would love to build around that core. Um, it's not going to happen, and we're gonna see, I think, crazy inflated prices, especially with uh, a first time cast. Um, in the auctions uh, format, I think it's going to be, I think we're going to see silly dollars at, at times spent. I also think we're going to see some folks that wait a little too long and they think on the back half, they're going to catch some values and they just miss and they end up like leaving way too much money on the table. I think we're, and you know, you do not, you want to optimize, right? You've been through the same process before. You've got to figure out how to spend every dollar, right? Because at the end of the day, not taking a dollar of that money into the season. So you really want to do maximize uh, the opportunity you have, but it's going to take being flexible. And so hopefully everyone's prepared for that. Um, and there's, I think there's an element in a gamesmanship to some smack talking during the draft. You know, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to get together as a crew, but um, you know, there's got to be some robust chat going on, getting in people's heads you know, if that's the best we could do, hopefully it's a, uh, a Zoom or something. We could be coordinating alongside the draft like we've done uh, in previous years. But um, you got to be chirping, right? Because there's a mental component to this. Yeah, and that's another very different aspect of the auction draft than snake draft. Of Snake, you make your pick and you're there. You're still in the environment. You're watching what's yes. going on. But you're really not involved for the next yeah. 11 picks until yes. it's back to you or however many picks it is and until it gets back to your turn in the auction you are a part of every single player that's going mm -hmm. up and you don't get a break and whether that's you trying to talk to people into getting into a betting war or you know tugging on people's heartstrings of jacking up all the chiefs players and hoping travis overpays um or like the situation that happened to me last year where i got sniped on every single dallas cowboy player um so goading me into spending a hundred dollars on cd lamb just because i'm a sentimental fool yeah. um you know that's that's a fun part of this is like you know you could jump into an auction at any moment in time and yeah, even if you're not, um, you know, that psychological aspect of talking to other people into hopefully making terrible, terrible decisions and hamstringing themselves for the rest of the draft is just another way that you get to be involved constantly. It's fantastic watching when people make terrible decisions and then attempt to defend them. There's usually an objective analysis that happens corporately by every, I mean, everyone's watching the same players go off the board. And when you see a player that should not be getting that much money, but you realize you found yourself in a desperate position and you have no top, you don't have a, an RB in the top 20 and you're scrambling because you went heavy on wide receivers to start the whole setup. And you, you thought maybe one more player was on the board than really exists and you start scrambling. And it is so fun to watch people overpay for that, you know, that guy they need. That guy they need. The guy the they need. And you know who's going to fail them. It's the David Johnson, right? That you like is going to be your RB1. And then you're stepping into the season feeling less than adequate, less than ready. And um, there's going to be a lot of that, you know. But I've seen people who, uh, the people I see succeed the most in this are just gamey. They're just ready for whatever uh, the kind of tide like washes in for them during these things. And there's, there've been some seasons where like the, I feel like I've drafted the best when I've like actually prepared the least in some ways. I mean, I'll have my cheat sheet, um, you know, Excel spreadsheet so I can keep track of the inflation stuff. But when I kind of come in with like an open mind and I don't shackle myself to certain players, because if you come in and like, you think you're getting Mahomes and Mahomes is like, who going to be the guy you build around this year? Well, there could be somebody else out there who's willing to like go toe to toe with you and you guys get into a bidding war and you're spending 10, 15, $20 over what you'd, what you'd ask for. That changes the whole game. 
And so, um, you know, you do have to just be um, totally open-minded with it and ready for things not to go your way, which is um, a bit of the nature of the beast. And it's, I think, what makes it like so much fun. Um, I have, uh, I have obviously like assumptions about who to throw out there that's going to get Matt McNichols attention. And that's anybody wearing the green and gold, right? So there's going to be some players, you know, you can kind of bait into certain like settings and kind of real pro level analysis of, um, of the auction is like studying other players needs, right. Or where like the dearth of, um, their talent on their roster and kind of intentionally throwing players out that, you know, are going to get them into choppy waters or at least tempt them into making terrible decisions. And so I'm hopeful that we can get to a place, if not this year, then future years, right. Where you really start to see people, um, at some level preying on others, um, based on allegiances that make no sense. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm, uh, we're going to have, we expect fireworks, man. I mean, like it's going to be really fun. And I think once you go auction, you don't want to go back to snake. Um, and I think we'll be kind of shaking our heads at why we didn't make the transition earlier. Exactly. I think the most fun thing about auction is it really is the great equalizer of everybody has the same amount of money. Everybody has a shot at every single player. So, you know, you're not going to miss out on a Zeke if you're, you know, just not in the right slot that you were in a snake draft. You've got a shot at him. Your sleeper, you don't have to worry about, do I need to take this guy in round 14 or can I wait till round 15? They're not going to go off the board without you seeing them. You have the opportunity. It's just... Yeah, in the moment you are making these split second decisions and you're 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 on for yeah. you know an hour and a half, two hours, however long it takes to finish the draft. So it's more of a marathon than you know, making your pick, resetting yourself, looking down the board, guessing like, oh, who's gonna be there at this point? What do I need? How is this gonna change? It's you're just in it and you have to be flexible to go in any direction and pivot at a moment's notice. And, you know, you get to, when you see the handcuff game gets really interesting as well. Um, I've seen some handcuffs go for a pretty penny. Um, when you can see what, the, like somebody might be trying to get a steal on like an Alexander Madison, for example. Right. And everyone knows my strategy last year, which was to, hedge and pick up every single yeah, backup pick up every I mean, they single. Hit and and none of them hit unfortunately i picked the wrong cast but um you know you will see uh people get a little squirrely when they when they see their their rb1 backup uh, like under under threat so I'm, I'm very interested to see this year one if anyone anybody starts you know scooching over towards the wisdom of that, that RB one backup play. It didn't necessarily work out for me, but I'm hopeful that it'll work out for someone this year. You know, I hope, I hope I could be a, a pioneer of sorts. Right. So I hope, uh, that's, that's the lasting legacy I left. Right. Was, uh, you know, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. And, um, I'm really hopeful that, you know, at least somebody can take that strategy and execute to it in a way I couldn't this year. I've got a whole new strategy, a whole new battle plan. I'm bringing to the table in this auction and I'll be honest, like the, the talk surrounding the league right now of um, the, the, the murmurings of disbanding are tragic. I haven't heard those. Nobody's come on the pod at least. Well, if I know wants see... to come on the pod and, and talk about the league disbanding. Yeah. Open mic. Well, I think that needs to happen. I think if anybody is a proponent of disbanding, you need to be brought out of the shadows and you need to be publicly flogged um, or at least tarred and feathered. Right. Um, because, and Robert, you, I know it's you. That's, it's gotta be Robert. I, I have heard some rumors that Robert yeah. has been. It's probably Robert. And whispering um, a lot, you know, he's, he's a gossip. I mean, what can I say? He's a gossip. 
so we've got to got to call Robert out and ask him to repent, and um, I'm sure he will. But I'm hopeful that we can just ultimately stomp out this negativity about this league not even happening. The question posed, right? Are you in? And it's August. How is that even a question right now? If you've been a part of this well, league for anything more than one year, right? Yeah. I I view it as a privilege to be in the league, and I'm so glad to be here. But I will say that poll was thrown out there, and every single respondent responded in the affirmative. So that's a good point. It is. Um, we do. A, we're we are shooting 100, percent but right now we're we're short several votes, more than several. And um, I assume some people just haven't turned on that that group me, me yet. Maybe it's this is the month where they get back into it. But we got to get the team back together, guys. Got to. Start banging the drum, circling the wagons. This this is the time. It's time. Got to be speaking passionately about this stuff. We we haven't. Listen, it's been a rough off season, right? But goodness, man, guys, got to think about week one. You got to be thinking about that opening week roster, right? You got to be thinking about that feeling Thursday night, week one. You're not going to be one of to be left out in the cold. You don't want to be that guy who's saying, oh, I didn't do it this season because it cost me too much mental bandwidth in August. Like, guys, pull it together. Yeah, you don't want to be I mean, listening to pods thinking, <sighs> I could have drafted that guy and made that mistake. I could have eight backup running backs on my <laughs> roster doing nothing. That could have been nothing. me. Adding no value. You guys could be that person. Just it could be that good. For David Johnson to get COVID. <laughs> so Mark Ingram can come oh. in and yeah. redefine his career. Guys, like think about how good it could be. You could have that that could be your future. And that could be you. To be throwing that away, James, right now in this in this environment. At a time when community has is more bleak than ever, at a time when the world is preparing for yet perhaps another possible lockdown, we could go into total lockdown. And if you're not <laughs> playing fantasy football, that can't be good for you. It just can't. You can't. I think you're... fantasy football is the only thing that kept me sane last year. And yes, did I go too far? Absolutely. Have I drafted over 50 best ball teams so far this offseason? Absolutely. I have. That's that's probably too many. I'm not proud of that, but it's happened. You know, I it's appreciate also, your it, vulnerability. Yeah. No, I, I went there. I, I did it. Yeah. But that's you you set know, a good tone is, for the season. Fantasy football has never mattered. It will never matter. But. It's so fun, and I love that it keeps me connected to as many people as it keeps me connected to, and those relationships are real and do matter, and I just I just love getting to share that with so many people, so Man, I hope this league continues. Gosh, it's so good to remember, James. Thank you for, I don't know, that was... Uh... It's like a tuning fork, man. You know, it's bringing everyone back in alignment right now. And, um, you know, right now it's, it's real, man. People have lots of pressures around them. Um, there's all sorts of thoughts and things that, um, you know, need to be talked about. Hope, you know, hope we will have opportunities to talk about. Um, I mean, what a degenerate Robert is. Like, I know that's been a topic a lot of people want to talk about. And we should definitely do that. And um, I would love to create space for it. Um, but man, we like, we got something that's too good to just let go. You know, we can't just let this thing kind of fade into oblivion right now. We got to fight for it. And I really do hope um, that when this pod drops, we call some of those people out and get the team back together, man. I've missed, 
I've missed everybody. And um, I'd be heartbroken if we didn't hold it together some some way this this year, you know. Even if we had to drop down to eight, you know, nobody wants to do it. But maybe we got to thin out, you know. Maybe we got to thin out and just keep this thing thing rolling. I hope we don't have to do it. But talking of the of the commissioner perhaps stepping down, lack of clarity on who's in and who's out. People don't even use email anymore apparently in this league. It's just a, it's a tough time we find ourselves in. But, gentlemen, the the call is before you. Please, please hear it, respond to it. We can't do this without yeah. you. Literally, we, we literally can't do this without you. So don't I don't think we drop below ten. That's well. That's that's just my thought. I I don't I don't see it happening. I think. I think people are going to hear the pod and jump back in. I also think step one is to kindly and respectfully reject Travis's offer to step down as commissioner. So, um, yes, that that's where I'm I'm at officially. If we have to think of alternate commissioners, I'm willing to recklessly throw some names out there right now. But I think yeah, let's do that. Let's you know, do it. 1A for me is, no, Travis, you are the commissioner. You will always be the commissioner. Amen. And even if you don't actually fulfill any of those responsibilities, I'm still going to call you commissioner. <laughs> so there's that. Um, but if if Travis refuses to accept my refusal, who who's at your short list? Who, who are you looking at to, to call commissioner? It was... It's a short list, right? And um, you got to, well, what are the things we're weighing, right? We're weighing people that have been around maybe from the beginning. I, I, I think I think you and I would probably place a high value on that. Somebody who has seen the highs and lows of the league and has stuck around because you need somebody who's loyal, right? Understands the long storied history. Yes. Who's somebody who's willing to suffer for the league, right? Um, who's shown, yep. I think, a knack for that, or at least a, a, a willingness to put themselves in harm's way or to waste countless hours. Um, Who has endured both the heartbreak of <sighs> failure, possibly yes. 12th place finishes. Massive failure. And also failure. the heights of victory or near championship behavior. Someone that could possibly blow themselves up in their own house, right? You know, wow. somebody, that's, you know, I mean, going that, far. I mean, no, that's very right. specific, but like, I, that is, that's also something I think, I think is pretty cool. And that's a commissioner. I want to follow in about. Point. Yeah. But, um, I mean, if you haven't pieced it together by now, I mean, we have our brother, Zach, um, who is just the clear, I think, head and shoulders favorite for if, if Travis insists, right? Which again, you can't underscore enough how much we would hate that reality. And but some of us insists, will just refuse to accept it and we'll probably go on the oh, podcast but, and disrespect yeah. our whoever yeah. next commissioner is by referring to our, our former commissioner as the commissioner. Gosh, and I mean, think about the, the laughs just with that one narrative right there. I mean, are you really not going to sign on for the season with the, just the, the the chuckles you're going to get from that? I mean, that is like endless comedy. Yeah. So we got that component at play. And if that hasn't sucked you in enough, think about the intensity applied to the commissioner role, right? A renewed sense. I mean, if, if, if Zach is stepping into that, Zach's going to do it right there's Zach has said, order. and I quote, I am balls to the wall in. So he's Gosh. he's not going to do is... a half-assed job. He's no. he's going to do it, that's, and he's going to do that's it big. A dreamy, that's a dreamy commissioner statement right there. I mean, that's that's what you want. That's that's what the dreams are made of here. And, um, yep. and again, he's got a strong jawline. Yeah, I mean, think about that. Guys, think about the jawline factor. That's huge. I mean, we, we, the whole, the whole league could platform off that jawline. It is that rigid and strong. 
So, you know, those things aside, physical attributes aside, you know, the man has suffered behind the scenes, thankless hours of work, right? Editing yeah. this award-winning podcast. Um, I mean, the guy, the guy's, he's done thankless work and that's exactly the role of the commissioner, right? Um, so, so thankless. It could so not thankless. be a more thankless job. Could not be more thankless. And so, um, I don't know. I mean, I, again, we, I don't want to um, insert drama or even give uh, Travis an easier out by knighting a replacement. Uh, we're just two guys on a podcast. Right. Um, we don't hold the cards, but, you know, we certainly root for stability and root for, um, you know, what we've all grown comfortable with, which is Travis remaining in place. And um, as Jamie said, we don't have to accept whatever he decides. But um, we do, we do see a future, you know, um, possible, right? With or without Travis yeah, right now. If, if we role. need to, that's just the resiliency of the human spirit. And, you know, if we need to come back from the ashes, yeah, I'm tabbing Zach as the guy to, to lead this Phoenix. Yeah. You know, as, yeah, as we great. were going through the qualities that we're looking for in a commissioner, though, Right up until you got to blow up Blow's your own home. Yeah. Like I I could have swore we were describing cute. Caleb as well. Oh Caleb. Like Wow. And I like, you know I mean we're we're talking about a guy who's coming last. We're talking about a guy who's won a championship, yeah. moved Suffered. to Sweden and still Suffer. still does the league. They didn't even acknowledge COVID in Sweden for a very long time. I don't think. Am I right? I don't think they even, but apparently Sweden's numbers are doing quite well these days. I don't know exactly what's transpired. I'd love for Caleb to come on and explain what has happened in his country. But I mean, that's another great option for us. Right. And again, can't say this enough. Travis, we don't want you to go anywhere. You've done a great job. If you felt under encouraged, I'm sorry. Um, we love you. We want you to come back. We believe that this job can be done from Portland. When I sit back and think about what the commissioner duties entail, um, and James, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know what the lift looks like, but there's been a lot of heavy lifting already done, and it's a hopefully not too difficult of a job. But I don't, again, maybe oh, I'm just yeah. not appreciating all I that mean, goes I on behind the scenes. I think Travis has laid the groundwork and built the foundation of an incredible league. And he's in the coasting years of his commissioner job. Like, but I mean, <sighs> Trav, you've got at least 15 to 20 golden commissioner years of just resting on your laurels and coasting. Yeah. If there's something that you need to pass off to a deputy commissioner, yeah. maybe Zach, maybe Caleb, you've got two, two great deputies right there. I don't know. Gosh, man, and they'd be—they'd make excellent options. You know, you could follow both of those guys into battle easily. And I An think underrated good quality. Hands. Caleb is a phenomenal email writer. I don't know about Zach. He is. I'm not going to say he can't do it. I'm just—I know Caleb can. So if Zach wants to drop a phenomenal email, I'm here for it. You know, I've—I've I've said this once, and I'll say it again, and it's not. Um, I hope this doesn't call, come off as a shot at the um, at Robert because it probably the, 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 oh well, no definitely Rob this is all circling to Robert everyone knows that but the co the comedic stylings of Caleb Fleming right was something that I genuinely was looking forward to because I think Caleb is probably and we don't have to necessarily vote on this but we should vote on this the funniest guy in the league I mean like is delivery timing writing prose it's fantastic it's phenomenal it hits home and we need um that kind of comedic relief would be very very helpful in a, a strenuous statesman role uh, as commissioner you know so he he would be uh i think well loved but perhaps a, a peacetime commissioner after the wartime commissioner has served his his tenure 
You know, I mean, if, if Travis is gone, he's, he's gotten us through some very difficult years, you know, of community building. And so we have to salute him. Um, if retirement is, is what he's considering right now. And we have to also insist uh, that he come out of that retirement and take a cold shower and wake his ass up and get back out there because we need him. Agreed. 100%. We have, um, I have to ask you, James, you were pretty outspoken about the Green Bay Packers quarterback this off season. And yeah. upon reflection, yeah, I'm just loving curious every second if you have any drama. Yeah. You were really, um, you really took the Packers fans out to the woodshed for, for some of those posts on group me at a time they were, they were low. They were feeling really low. And, um, your predictions about the future did not play out as you anticipated. Is there anything that you wanted to say in particular, or was you, were you just kind of hoping that we'd not talk about that? So I, I will take the L. Um, I think I said, Aaron Rodgers, my favorite Denver Bronco, several times this, this offseason. And I still I still think it happens. Just it's looking like a, a 2022 thing. And I was wrong. It looks like he's going to be a Green Bay Packer and run it back this year. He got them to trade for Randall Cobb. He brought Randall Cobb back. He's like, I'm not playing without Randall. Um, so, yeah, Aaron Rodgers... The Green Bay Packers, you know, you have to put them up there with the Bucks as one of the NFC favorites this year. And yes, I would, I will take the L on that one. I thought for sure Aaron was going to Denver and hosting Jeopardy and anything but a Green Bay Packer this year, and I was wrong. James, you continue to impress me with your character. I am. Um takes a big man to say that and I, I appreciate that and I think all the Packers faithful will also appreciate that I also have to get your prediction on uh, your beloved Cowboys this season I want to hear about how many yards Dak is going to be throwing for who the leading touchdown scorer will be on that potent offense and how deep of a run they will make this year playoffs or not how 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 are they gonna are they gonna succeed and reach their potential this year? Is this perhaps when it all comes together? What do you, what are you seeing in your uh, crystal ball? All great questions. I'll start it off by saying I think the Dallas Cowboys have the largest range of outcomes of any team that I would consider good. <laughs> Because as we've seen in years past, the wheels can fall off at any moment in Jerry World and what looks like a division-winning team that can compete for an NFC championship game can finish, you know, 4-13 and 13 this year. I think we're on a 17-game schedule. So um, believe me, that floor is still there this year. The Cowboys could pick in the top 10 again mm-hmm. my bold prediction is they'll win the division so based off of talent that's not surprising they're arguably the only team in the division with a quarterback what that is mostly saying is that Dak's going to stay healthy tyron smith is going to stay relatively healthy lyle collins is going to stay relatively healthy amari cooper is going to figure out this foot thing and stay relatively healthy so I think all of those guys stay relatively healthy, play at least 13 to 14 games, and that's good enough for the Cowboys to win the division, get into the playoffs. That's also betting that our defense takes a step forward this year and plays like they did in the last six games of the season and not the first 10 when they were historically bad and just let teams run over them for 300 yards a game because 
that's just not going to do it in the NFL. It's a passing league, but if you're getting run over at will, you're just not going to win games. So I'm going to say the Cowboys win the division, go to the playoffs, and win a game or two there. I think this is the year we see some playoff success. I'll say Dak throws for over 5,000 yards. Yeah. And CeeDee Lamb leads leads the team in touchdowns. Well, I am keeping CD as my one of my keepers in that league we don't speak of. And I'm doing it because I think I see this a similar potential. I think this is a breakout year. I think Amari deserves just enough attention in his route running to prevent the constant double teaming, right, on the other side of the field. And you hope that they stay healthy. Do you have any read on, you know, Amari, he's, is he getting larger up top? As his, like, his muscle mass seems to be, like, he seems to be heavier. And I'm so, curious if, like, at one point he maybe goes, the ligaments start to give way, you know? The rumor is he's 10 pounds later this year. Is that right? Good. Yeah. I'm glad for his own health and safety. That seems like a good a good pivot in this offseason. Um, Dak, has his recovery gone as expected based on the beat reporters in Dallas? Yep. So he avoided the active PUP list to begin training camp, was out there full go, running, sprinting, ankle looks good. He has had a little bit of a setback with a right arm sprain, so he's not throwing right now. They're trying to play that pretty cautiously. But everything in regards to the angle looks pretty good so far. And were you amazed at the narrative that came out about a movie being created for Sean Payton before a movie was created for Mike McCarthy? Was that a shock to you? That was a shock. I think the most surprising thing was how in line it was with your movie recommendation for Mike McCarthy. Yes. So I don't know what was more shocking that Sean Payton got the movie before Mike or that they just took your Mike McCarthy script and gave it to Sean Payton and decided he was more marketable. And I still don't know who leaked that information. Um, Did we talk about it on a previous pod? And if we did, does that count as leaking it? Or was that just us not being cautious enough with what is obviously very valuable intellectual property? No, you know, there's only one person that would stoop so low as to leak that by whatever medium we shared it, whether it was in the group me or, uh, you know, somehow slipped on the pod, right? And I won't. You're talking about Robert. It's Robert. Um, It's Robert. It's predictably low of him to do that, but I do. um, I do intend to watch the movie, and um, we'll just see how much of it is exactly to script. I won't be surprised if they pull in some other actors that I had set aside for casting and had spoken with, but. you know, it's frustrating, man. James, you, you know, don't like people stealing your work. And um, gosh, just don't know who to trust anymore, you know. But um, certainly be more careful about that this season, you know, especially with just banger ideas like that, you know, that just, yeah. you know, are going to hit. And, you know, Adam Sandler is going to try to steal if he gets, you know, his greedy mitts on him, man. So we'll see. But um, I was a little heartbroken about that. And um, pretty proud. I think we both had an appreciation for Aaron Rodgers' press conference and what seemed to spill out of a man who'd clearly been had a lot of pent up thoughts and was not short on him when given the airtime. I loved what he had to say. I think he um, spoke objectively about his negotiating leverage with the Packers organization. I think it showed a strong hand and was a strong play for him to speak honestly about the things that he was heard about, um, but also 
accurately measure his value to the organization and saying that people want to come play here, not because this is a tourist destination, but because they want to play with me. And I thought that that was, um, I think I mentioned to you before this, this pod started, I thought that was a very um, accurate thing to say, but also toe the line with not falling into the, onto the arrogance side. And um, I was curious if you had any kind of, um, what, 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 what impression you were left with as a non-Packer fan observing that. I can say that this is the only time I've ever watched 30 plus minutes of a Packers <laughs> press conference. It has never happened before. And I thought it was one of the most fascinating, interesting press conferences given by a player in recent memory. Mm. And you just don't get that level of candid answers and vulnerability, but also self-awareness and I would say comfort in Aaron Rodgers knows who he is as Mm -hmm. a quarterback right now. Mm -hmm. And you just don't have a lot of opportunities like this where, you know, a quarterback is not seen eye to eye with an organization, but he's at this level of comfort with where he's at in his career. He's coming off an MVP season where he can just let the results speak for himself of this is who I am. This is what I've done. And this is what a quarterback in my position means to a team and to an organization. And as a Super Bowl winning quarterback, this is what I see as far as our roster construction and where we're not, where we need to be to take that next step. And knowing that, He only has, you know, let's call it three, four bullets left in the chamber to go out there and get the job done. He obviously wants to maximize what he's able to do. And I feel like he went into that press conference just saying, I'm going to answer every question that's thrown at me. I'm not going to duck anything. I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to respond to it. At one point when he was listing the, the names of the veterans that, he felt had not been treated appropriately on the way out, whether it was not his laundry list. <laughs> yeah. You know, there, there were very clear points where there were things he wanted to say yeah. and he communicated those. And I feel like he answered every question that was thrown at him in a way that, you know, he communicated what he wanted to communicate, but was also not trying to throw anybody under the bus necessarily. Mm-hmm not trying to place blame at anybody's feet or those types of things, but just very honestly saying, this is what I want. This is what I see. This is what I'm disappointed in and not, not ducking from anything. And I thought that was very cool to see because, you know, I'm coming from Dallas Cowboys land and Jason Garrett, who would say nothing in a press conference. He would give the press nothing to write about in that. And, you know, you get to see a little bit more of it behind the scenes. But as far as what's being said to the media is you don't give him a quote. You don't give him a soundbite. And Aaron Rodgers gave everybody quite a few stories with that press conference. Yeah, it felt like, uh, yeah, it felt like his time. He'd obviously like waited long enough to share what he'd been thinking about. And the guy's been attacked every different angle you can imagine right by the media um but you gotta imagine like it's interesting like all the the turns to to mental health right that these you know people aren't invincible right it hurts when people say negative things about them and just for what Schefter did and the timing of things right you've got to believe there's some bad blood between Rogers and Schefter for that news breaking at the, like at the time it did on the draft day. And I think Rogers said something to the effect of like, well, you guys got to like create stories. You got to do what you got to do. And um, I just love to be a fly on the wall, right? The next time they get together 
or run into each other because of the provocation, right? I mean, like, he became the center of the offseason. I mean, I don't think there was a bigger story that we've been tracking than that one over the past couple of months. Yeah. And the, and the guy is, I mean, he touted the wisdom of silence of letting people kind of create their own nooses in a way. And I think that's what we witnessed were people making crazy prognostications of the future. Right. And breaking news stories that like, you know, may or may not have any truth in them, but you know, we've, we've fallen into this. Um, I mean, we talk about it and it does really expose something in our humanity that our lack of humanity, perhaps that we, um, we forget about the mental health aspects of some of these gladiators, right? And um, can apply pressure thinking these people are invincible when they're they're humans just like us. And, you know, I, um, I don't know. I think the Rogers situation helped me to see a little bit more through that, that lens. And also, uh, I think McNichol will, will probably align with me in this, but made Packers fans super uncomfortable this offseason in a way that they're not used to being uncomfortable uh, drama spilling out of um, the mothership in a way that it doesn't, I mean, this is not something that accompanies Lambeau's brand um, right? and management. And so it was um, felt like a bit of a bizarre uh, changing the tables and um, made, made me feel like uncomfortable in a lot of ways having to defend it, what's going on in there. And um, at the end of the day, it was just a negotiation between two sides that blew way out of proportion, but it was always a negotiation. And these things happen every year with all sorts of players. We just don't get any of the inside of on it. And Rogers is just enough of like a catty shadowy personality, you know, like yeah. KG, but you can kind of see when you're provoking him and he'll kind of show it to you where he'll wear his emotions on his sleeve a bit. You can kind of tell when you're getting at him. Um, and, um, but to see him withdraw like that and go deep and be cryptic with all of his interviews, the one with Kenny Maine and, you know, the stuff with, with Brady and the golf and stuff, like everyone was looking for stuff and he just was not given it until he got that point of leverage figured out with the, the Packers, you know? And was it all for Randall Cobb? I freaking hope not. I have no clue how much that, how much that dude has left of the tank, but um, yeah, I, I'm I'm very curious to see if this man's a Packer next year. You know, I um, I hope so. I, I hope that um, the season at least allows like a peace and some healing reconciliation to happen between the Packers and Rogers because I think he deserves it. I think he's a good guy. I think he's worked hard and um. Packers organization runs like a machine, right? That's um, maybe a little different because it is like the public, right? Right. Um, so you've got to factor that in, but um, they think like a business and succession planning and all those types of things that some organizations aren't thinking of when you got the Jones family <laughs> that, <laughs> that is to secede, you know, uh, you know secede one, one another. So, um yeah, man, it's been um, it's been a crazy offseason. I'm really glad that Rogers is back, and he seems loose. It'll be interesting to see how uh, entertaining this division or this uh, NFC division is, man. I'm, is it going to be Dak? Is it going to be Brady again? Is it going to be Rogers? Are we talking about anybody else out of that NFC? The Rams. There's a lot the Rams, of excitement yeah. with Stafford going to. LA and teaming up with Sean McVay. Yeah. There's a ton of hype coming out about that offense. Although it, the, the cam makers not, not news yeah. was a little, little sad. Yeah, man. I know that for you in particular, because he's on, you know what? 49 of your 50 best ball teams. Is that? Yeah. Work? Just about all of them. So, well, my condolences, James, you don't deserve that. Um, Robert deserves that, but you don't deserve that. And um, I'm really hopeful that more bad happens to Robert and less to you this uh, upcoming season. Um, and can we 
I mean, can we kick Robert out of the league? Is that something that we have the power to do? Do we have to get... Can I kick him out right now, or can I tell him not to come back? You can try. Okay. Robert, don't come back. We're not having a league this year. Stay um, stay faithful to God and don't come back, okay? Everybody doesn't like you. Sorry. I actually toned that one down a lot. I could have yeah. gone a little bit harder, but I was... No, I think... The last episode you were on, you you were talking about like his kids and oh yeah, praying for them to become well, what was it Georgia fans? Yes, uh, Alabama fans. But Alabama um, fans, that's what it was. You know, he did. Um, he did also take a picture in uh, the nursery with my daughter, holding up a sign that said, um, <laughs> "High ceiling, low floor is my favorite team." and that just felt like an abuse uh, of a lot of boundaries that um, I'll be honest, I still haven't forgiven him for, but um, yeah, that one, that one's gone both ways. Yeah. I just, as a podcast, podcast host, I have to stay somewhat neutral and sure. As far as I can try to temper and make sure that we, we all stay within the bounds of fair play. Yes. But uh, yeah, as a observer, it's been, entertaining to watch and you know i just want to say again i I think ever was pretty clear last season that you know whoever won that that rivalry game between robert and i that robert was going to sign up for a hot wings or hot ones challenge that he never stepped up to and i i just want to bring that back up for consideration and i'd invite robert you know before obviously he doesn't take part in this season because he's not invited back but if he wanted to just come and explain himself, maybe there's some explanation um, that I don't understand, but you know, we should definitely get him um, on the pod to, to chat about um, whatever he wants to lie about, you know? I always felt like collateral damage in that, mm. in that bet. Well, and I hate that you, you know, were used like that. I mean, but it's just how Robert treats relationships, you know, and it's something that, you know, I just, I'd encourage us all to pray for Robert in particular. He's just struggling. And, um, yeah, just, oh man, it makes me sad thinking about him, but, um, not as, ha- you know, we have this great league, right? We have this great opportunity to come back together and, James, I could not be more um, honored to share this first season, first first episode of season four with you, man. I'm thank you for creating the time and um, for in, inviting me to be here. Yeah, man, thanks for coming on. So pumped to watch some backups play in the Hall of Fame game tomorrow night. <laughs> Everybody who listens to this, get the hype going for the league this year. Send your auction questions on, you know, the mechanics of it, what what it's actually going to look like, mm-hmm. strategy. I'm sure Sean will divulge some of his strategic tips that he mentioned he was coming in this year. Um, oh, yeah. The spirit of fair play. Right. You know, we're, we're all happy to, to talk about some of the things that we're considering. And the fun thing is, you know, you get to watch it all unfold and... It all changes with almost immediately. So we're going to change teams the whole season. The whole, the whole league's about to change, man. Everyone's about to change once they get exposed to this thing. It's going to be so much fun. Uncharted territory. Truly. Well, brother, appreciate you. Appreciate um, Zach. Thanks for helping us on the editing front in advance. And also for throwing your hat in the ring for this commissioner thing. Um, Guys, can't wait to be hanging with y'all and getting this group me up and running again, man. It's going to be a blast. On behalf of our editor, Zach, on behalf of Commissioner Travis, for Sean, I'm James. Go fall in a while.